You're joining us for another episode of College Talks brought to you by MyBookCart.com. This series brings together students, parents, and professionals sharing their voices on a variety of college topics. It's all about students finding the information they need for a successful college experience. Welcome to College Talks with your hosts, Hannah and Carrie. Our topic for today is admissions. For this newest episode, we have our newest guest, Gwen. Hi, Gwen. Welcome to our show. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your college and professional background? Okay. My name is Gwen Kowalski. I am a mom and a wife and have raised two kids. And I am doing this podcast today because I have gone to college, undergraduate and graduate school, as have our two children. And during that time, I've learned a lot about college and preparing and a variety of subjects about college. So I'm here to share that information. Wow, that's great. Thank you for joining us. What testing do students need for college? SATs, entrance exams, etc.? Historically, it's been SATs and ACTs. Now, some colleges aren't requiring any testing. So it just depends on the college. When a student is in high school, they'll hear information about those tests coming up. The SAT, historically, it measures only verbal and math. There might be a third section now called writing. That's a test you can take several times and use your best scores. And the ACT, there are five subtests, and you can do the same where you can use the best scores. Now, the SAT measures how you assimilate what you have learned, while the ACT measures recalling of information. That's kind of a basic explanation. Some students do better on one test versus the other. But my children did much better on the ACT and as a result got scholarships. So it just depends on the student. But it, it would behoove the parent and the student to kind of research both of those and figure out what they think would work best. When you're in high school, you are encouraged to take both. It's really not good to take them until January of your junior year because colleges oftentimes won't look at them earlier and they can run you money to take them. And then really, uh, uh, research has shown taking them more than three times each doesn't make your score better. But if you find as a student that you're really doing well in one versus the other, maybe you ought to plan on taking that one more versus both of them. What is the best way for students to prepare so they do well on those tests? I would talk to your guidance counselor at school. They also both have websites that you can go to and I believe take some practice tests. Since you're going to start taking those tests as a junior, you probably in the fall of your junior year, you want to start looking at what are some practice tests for both of those. My daughter was taking the SAT, did well in one area and not. And so she actually went to someone who's a private a teacher for those tests and worked on the other area and actually brought up her scores 80 points. Even while you're taking the testing, you can brush up from the stuff online or you can find someone who will actually help you do better the next time on a certain area that test. When you're in high school, how do you choose which colleges to visit and how do you get the most out of each visit? Students don't understand this. Parents do, especially parents who have been to college. College doesn't make the student. You can go to Harvard and never get a job. Or you can go to a small dinky college called Queens College in North Carolina and be a lawyer. There are a lot of factors that go in, but the the almighty factor is the cost. Sure, you might like to go to college where you can snowboard, but if it's going to cost your parents an arm and a leg, you have to measure what is really important, that you get a degree and that you get a good job or that you have all these extra experiences. 
places. If you live in the state of Florida, there are many reasons to go to college here because you have bright futures. If you go to a private college, they often take that, but also private colleges take something called FRAG, which is a small grant you get. You look at not only where a student may want to go, but what are the financial obligations of the college. Also, you want to make sure that the college, wherever you go, is certified in the area you want to take a major in. So there are a lot of things that go into play. What we did, because my son got into a lot of colleges, is I posted a basic information page that you get on the college website, all in front, all on a big board, and said, okay, this is what we can afford, this is what we can't afford. My husband and I are both speech and language pathologists, but no one really cared where we got our degrees. They just cared that we had degrees. Take into consideration that when you're thinking about college. Visits. All right. Don't go to a college. Just walk around and leave. Okay. Let's say you want to major in business. Make appointments ahead of time with the the head of the business department, financial aid, get a tour. You might even want to eat lunch there. Try to get an experience of that college because that's where you're going to be for four years. A child may want to go to, I said they want to go to University of Florida, but when they get on campus, they realize, oh my gosh, it is way too big for me. So you have to factor in what you're going to feel comfortable, what kind of setting are you going to feel comfortable in versus being overwhelmed. Just make sure when you set up your visits that you try to get the most bang for your buck the day you go. What are the pros and cons of going to college in state versus out of state? Well, obviously going in-state will be cheaper. And I mean that because even though you might get a great scholarship, let's say to go to the University of St. Louis and you're from Florida, okay, you're going to have to buy a lot of clothes for winter. You're not going to be able to come home as often. You're not going to know anybody. You might want to do something that's in-state because it's closer to home. You can come home on the weekends if you want to. Also, if you go to a state public college and since you're a resident here, it's going to be a lot less expensive. You also want to look at what the GPA is that's required to even get in that school. And even though there are public colleges in Florida that are all in the same public college system, they don't all require the same GPAs. That's that's what we did. We chose, both of our kids went to undergrad in Florida because um, we got more bang for our financial bucks, so to speak. Let's say you have, your aunt lives in Georgia and you want to go to school there, then that's fine. I would say still visit in and out of state colleges, but in-state colleges uh, are going to be easier on the student and the family. How does a college student choose a major that will get them the lifestyle that they want? This takes a lot of education, I think, from the parent to the student. There are students who are, they don't really know what they want to do when they go to college. And I totally understand that. It's really hard to decide as a junior in high school, I want to be this for the rest of my life. But in the end, when a student goes to college, what do they want to make for money? How do they want to live? Give you an example. When my son was going to University of Miami, on our way down to visit them, Now, for those who don't know, University of Miami is a private college and it's very expensive. He was able to go because he got three scholarships and a grant. But on the way driving down there, he's just talking out loud and he says to us, I don't know if I want to do engineering or broadcasting. So at that time, my husband and I looked at each other and said to ourselves, well, we're going to visit Miami, but he's not going to Miami for broadcasting. You can go to school up here. When he got down there and he visited both departments, he decided on engineering. Now, he does engineering because he loves it and he's really good at it. So you have to combine your passion with what you think is going to give you a 
lifestyle that you want. Our daughter, she went to FSU majoring in theater, okay? And we knew, Tim and I knew, that this was going to be a tough thing to really make money and to make it in the big world. But after her first semester there, she changed to visual arts. So we made her take a minor with that visual arts. So she had a a passion visual arts, and then her minor was communications. Or let's say she took a minor in business so that she was able to do her passion, but yet when she came out, she would have an idea of, let's say, how to run an art business. And that would make her more marketable and give her a lifestyle that she wanted. Students often don't even think about lifestyle. They just want to go away to college and take English. They don't know what English is going to do for them. So there are a lot of websites that you can go to before they go to college that will tell you, okay, as an English teacher, this is what you're going to make. As an artist, this is what you're going to make. But maybe as a director of an art museum, this is what you're going to make. It's a way to, to have your passion, but also to know that, okay, I, I'm going to have a job when I come out. And that's another thing. When a high school student is picking a college major, you don't know how many times they're going to change it. They should have an idea of where that undergraduate degree is going to get them before they go. And that's a parent and a child thing. I think a the guidance counselor at school can help some, but it's really their there has to be a lot of communication or there should be a lot of communication between the parents and the student before they go off to college so that they're not going to be living with mom and dad forever. What does a student do if they are undecided on a major? Do not go with an undecided major. Now, they will let you do that at college, but let's say in your first your first semester, you just take a bunch of different classes. Well, are those classes going to help you towards a major? And if you're paying full price for those classes, then is that more money? Go and pick business. And after a, a semester, you're like, yeah, I don't like business. I'm going to change. At least you have some courses that will translate. Uh, a friend of ours went to college for accounting and took that for two years. And then in his junior year, decided to go into political science because he wants to be a lawyer. Many, if not all, of the accounting and his basic courses will transfer. So he won't lose a lot of credits that way. That, so I would not go as an undecided major is my answer. What are the differences between going to a small and large college in regards to a student's personality and level of self-motivation? This is a really good question, and I'll give you an example. I have a friend, and both of her children got into University of Florida. Her daughter is very self-motivated. She hit the floor running. She's a freshman. She's in biomedical engineering. She's already doing some research. This is what she loves. She's happy. She doesn't mind the big crowds because she's so focused, laser-focused on what she needs to do because University of Florida is a huge campus. It is actually 2,000 or more acres big. You really have to know your way around. However, their son, who got scholarships in, in, from different areas, is going to University of Florida also, but he's not really going in his major. He's taking something that's like it, but he is not self-motivated. He is not self-directed. The mom is like freaking out because she doesn't really know how he'll do. So you really need to talk to your student um, about that. Our son, Matthew, as I said, he got different scholarships and he did get into the University of Florida, but he hated that the big college scene. He also got into Auburn, which is another really good school, but um, there's more to do in your neighborhood than there is in the whole city of Auburn. It, Auburn is the university. So if that's what you like, then that's great. But he wanted more kind of a metropolitan feel, but not a big college. And so University of Miami worked for him. So when you go 
on these visits because you should go to at least three and you can, you know, kind of talk about, okay, did you like the bigness? Did you like that you're going to have to get up a half hour early and walk in the snow to get where you're going to, where you want to go? Or are you a person just wants to get up and five minutes later, you want to get to your class? A small college, let's say in Matthew's major, civil engineering was the undergraduate. There are 400 students in that undergraduate. And we met with the counselor and she said, well, I don't even know any of them unless they walk in my door. That was a real turnoff for Matthew, especially because he had worked so hard in high school to be able to get into good colleges. And he loved Miami because it's small. There's only 30 to 50 in a class. The um, counselors are only advising 30 kids versus 400. He was able to get in and talk with a counselor versus where it might have been at a larger university. And I'm not just saying it's University of Florida fault. It's a lot of universities are big. That's one of the things that is important to talk about when you're looking at campuses is, you know, do you like this bigness? Do you like smallness? Um, And, you know, kind of tailor it because if uh, they're not happy, they're not going to end up there and they'll want to transfer somewhere else. So that's something you should think of. But the personality is really important thing. And I'm glad you brought that up because a personality of the student should really be or the self-motivation should really be thought of when you're planning to go to college. What are the pros and cons of enrolling in college as a freshman or a junior? All right. So there are a lot of options out there now for students. They can do they can do their whole college thing online. They can go to a college. I mean, you can go to a community college and maybe you can get your four-year degree there. So you don't even have to go to a regular college. But if you go as a freshman, you have to, first of all, a lot of freshmen are still kind of immature and they don't know how to live on their own. And that's a big deal. They don't know how to budget their money um, because they haven't worked on that before they go. So they're going to blow money. They might not go to class. Their grades might not be as good. But if they go to a community college the first two years, and then you go as a junior, you don't have to have that same GPA to get into that same college. The colleges and universities like you because you're more mature. You've already gotten the basic courses out. It's not going to show up as much when you're a junior. So let's say you want to get into a a university in a state and you can't get in. A lot of times they have community colleges right close by to that four-year college that you can take your basic courses and then just move right into the university. There's a lot of things you can think of. First of all, if you go to a community college for the first two years, it gets a heck of a lot cheaper. Um, You don't have to have the same GPA to get into community college, and they often will offer you some money to, to come there. You can live at home for those first two years if you want to, so that's a big savings. And then by the time you're finished with the first two years, you're much more mature, probably you're paying some of your own bills while you're living at home and you're, you're more ready to go as a junior. But then there are people that just go right into college and they're ready. You know, that's the pros and cons you have to look at. And just because you go to a community college doesn't mean you're not really smart too. There are a lot of kids that do that because frankly, their parents can't afford the four-year college thing, staying in the dorms, things like that. And then they move into the, uh, the college they want as a junior. How do parents of first-time college students navigate the annual costs as well as having a car on campus. Okay, it's a trial and error thing, I have to say. So our daughter went to FSU and um, the dorm was $2,200, which you have to pay up front. The Bright Futures doesn't take care of the dorms. So I paid my $2,200. And then in January, FSU called me and said, "Um, are you going to pay for this half of the year? And I went, oh, I thought the $2,200 was for the whole year. Oh, okay. So then we we weren't ready to pay for that $2,200. So we went on a payment plan. Oftentimes, the colleges will offer you a payment 
payment plan for the dorms. If you go to the college website, it'll talk to you about what your annual fees are. That does not encompass everything, okay? And some of those fees on there, you may not have to pay. For instance, uh, when Matthew went to University of Miami, of course, they offer health insurance. Well, he already had health insurance, so we didn't pay that. They aren't allowed to have a car as a freshman on campus, and so he couldn't take a car. On Miami, they have zip cars. We could have bought him a bike too, but he felt like the University of Miami was small enough that he could get to and walk. A lot of colleges won't let a child have a car on campus. As a freshman, having a car on campus is not that wonderful because all your friends are going to know you have a car and they're going to want you to take them places or you drive when they go out, okay? Knowing what public transportation there is on the campus, oftentimes there's buses that take you around or you can get a zip card. Uh, like if you want to run to the grocery store, you can get a zip card. Having a car on campus isn't necessarily needed. Kid, of course, says, I guess I want my car on campus, but there's parking fees. And when our son did take his car on campus, I think when he was a junior or senior, there were several parking tickets that he had to pay. And after we paid the first two, we said, no, you pay your own. Car on campus really isn't the best deal. But the best way to navigate the college cost is to go online and figure out what they're saying you need. They say you need in your dorm, you need bedding. Well, you know, there are discount places where you can buy your child that bedding ahead of time. You don't have to go to the most expensive places or heck, they can take bedding from home. It behooves a parent not to spend and deck it out. And by the way, speaking of putting the most expensive stuff in your child's dorm, you and I have nice things because we work to get them. If you give your child everything they need in college and a new car and all that, then why do they need to work? So a parent really needs to see what kind of values they're letting their child have when they go off to college. At college, there will be kids that have everything. My daughter's friend is extremely wealthy and had 2000 put in her, her checking account every month so the girl could live. Well, we didn't have that kind of budget. So take some talking to between the parent and the student. There are ways to become knowledgeable before that. And then also figure out your budget and what you can and can't afford um, with the child before they go. Now, let's get personal. When did you start discussing college with your children? Okay, so when they were three, we didn't say, hey, Matthew, you're going to college. You don't really come to that conversation right away. What you come to the conversation is when they're young, your expectations, if they work as hard as they can and they get a C, that's fine. If they're slacking and you know it, then you need to say, hey, my job is to help you grow up, to be a kind person, but to also be a person who can take care of himself. And one day, Matthew, when you grow up, you're going to want to live on your own and have your own place and have a cool car. You're going to get that if you do well in school and you get good grades and you go to college. But if you decide you want to work at the drugstore up the street and live with us forever, then you're not going to get those nice things. How do you get those nice things? You get those nice things by going to college. And when you go to college, then you can have the nice car. And so you kind of work it into them. They knew by middle school that our expectations were that if you want to just go to high school, that's fine. But you get a job right out of high school, you pay room and board, or you start paying some kind of your bills, or you go off to college and we help you with college. And the likelihood is that you will get a better job, something that you really like, and you'll be able to do well. Now, I think it's also because my husband and I have our bachelor's and master's degree in our field. And we're kind of in an education-related field. So it probably rubbed off. I do remember my son talking in high school, in, in church. They asked certain people to get up and 
talk. And one of the things he said, well, if you know my mom, we've been talking about college since I was five years old. But uh, truthfully, it, it helps steer us in the right direction. I think parents do that naturally too, especially if mom or dad never got to go to college because they realize how hard it is for them. Some of them are working two and three jobs and they don't want their child to have to go through that. So I think a lot of parents start early with that. That's kind of how we did it though. So lastly, did the college you picked truly help you in your career? My husband, and I went to undergraduate and graduate school in different states, different colleges. We didn't know each other then. And I come from a big family. So I basically went to a university that was a couple hours from my home and that had the major that I wanted. And I always knew what I wanted to do. I never changed my major. And we both are speech and language pathologists, but my husband changed his three times. So it prepared me. I did the hard work. Just because I go to a good school doesn't mean I'm going to get a good job. I might get a good job, but it'll show after a while that I really don't have it together in my field in order to be representative of the healthcare department or the school or the hospital which, where I work. When a child goes to college or what I told both of our children, you're going there because you're on, you get some kind of scholarship. You do well, you stay there. If you mess up, you come home and you know, you live with us. That grosses them out, the idea that they would be living with us. I knew when I went to college that I wanted to do well so that I could do what I wanted to do. Yes, the college, the undergraduate and the graduate college had the courses that I needed to take in order for me to get a degree. When a student goes to that college, they need to put some effort into what they're doing. Yes, both colleges did give me the courses that I need, but I also took advantage of whatever was offered so that I could be the best. Because once you get out, there are a lot of other people that want to do the same job as you. I wanted to look a little different. So how could I make mine and I didn't really know this when I was an undergraduate student. It was probably more when I was a graduate student that I came to that realization. I think if parents have these discussions with their children early on, it helps them navigate where they're going to college in order that they do the best. Well, thank you, Gwen, for coming on our show and offering all this valuable insight on college admissions. We love hearing a professional's perspective on how to succeed in college. We are all about professionals helping students. We hope you will join us again in the future for another episode. Great. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Gwen. Here's to another successful episode of College Talks. Please follow us at My Book Heart on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up to date on any new episodes.